You're listening to Hort Skills on the Plants Grow Here podcast. I'm Scott Smith, and each episode will explore an important horticultural skill. Grafting is a technique used to propagate a new plant by joining two selected severed plant segments together, with the resultant chimera surviving after wound healing to be a whole new plant. A chimera is a single organism made up of two or more individuals. Credible evidence of grafting exists in China as far back as 3,800 years ago. During the first century BCE, before common era, in the book of Fansheng Shishu, it describes the grafting of bottle gourd, Laginaria cicereria, wherein ten seeds are grown, then the stems are tied together to naturally graft and fuse. Thereafter, the strongest single stem is selected and the rest removed. This allowed the single stem the resilience and vigour of the ten root systems, not only to increase fruiting size and length, but also fruiting period, and also to counteract issues with fungal disease. The reason it is still extremely relevant to horticulturalists today is at present many fruit and a growing number of vegetables in production horticulture relies upon rootstock grafting to alleviate issues arising from soil-borne pathogens and abiotic stressors induced by climate change. Rootstock grafting occurs when a selected piece of donor plant, called the scion, is joined with another plant grown on its own root system, called the rootstock. This is done via a suitable selected method of graft for the plant type. For example, roses may use the chip budding method of grafting in order to create a new plant. The scion will form the upper portion of the new plant, benefiting from the root system of the rootstock plant below. As such, rootstock grafted plants have increased water and nutrient uptake due to the higher vigour of the rootstock's root system. In rootstock grafted crops, this leads to producing higher yields and therefore greater profit margins for the grower. Additionally, rootstock grafting is regarded as a swift method in which to breed tolerance to environmental issues for vegetables considered important to commercial production, such as the tomato, Solanium lycopersicum, the melon, Cucumis mellow, and cucumber, Cucumis sativus. Dicotyledonous plants, known as dicots, and monocotyledonous plants, known as monocots, have many key differences. Among the differences include the fact that dicots have long been grafted in various ways throughout history. On the other hand, monocots have widely been believed to be impossible to graft using any method. However, in a recent study by Reeves et al., it was concluded that all seed-bearing plant lineages have the competency to graft. Until now, this had never been proven and was widely believed to be impossible. This belief so much so that Professor Julian Hibbert describes the discovery of successful monocot grafting as science at its best, where you find something out even though everyone says it's not possible. Prior to the study by Reeves et al., vascular cambium, which are the growth cells which create thickening of the stem and are readily present in dicots, was seen as the critical factor to grafting success. The latest technique used by Reeves et al.'s study, however, grafts the plants at very early stages in their life cycle in comparison to older methods trial. Several different methods were used in the study by Reeves et al. in order to secure successful grafts. The method used among members of the grass family, Poaceae, was by grafting the plumule, which is the primary shoot, 
of one Poesi type, for example, wheat, Tritocum estivium, to the radical primary root of another Poesi type, for example, oats, Avena sativa, while still at an embryotic pre-germination seed stage. This forms a new plant that successfully has a graft union at the primary stem between the plumule and the radical, known as the hypocotyl, or mesocotyl in grass. This allows the xylem, which is what transports water and nutrients from roots to leaves, and also the phloem, tissues that transport sugars and organic compounds from leaves to roots, to exchange as per normal as a normal plant would do, and as per a typical successful dicot graft. The study found, however, that monocots outside the grass family that produce seed can also be grafted successfully using the same method, with the exception that the graft is produced after germination. For some plants, this is days after. For other slow-growing plants, it's weeks after. Because most common monocots outside the grass family require time for the hypocotyl to grow long enough in order to sufficiently perform the graft. In plants that do not produce seeds readily, such as the cultivated Cavendish banana, the kind that you would typically find in the supermarket, microscopic Cavendish banana shoots, i.e. the scions, are grown in as a lab culture and can be grafted to the severed embryonic roots, i.e. rootstocks, of a wild banana, Musa acuminata. Thereafter, a normal banana plant was grown, sharing the characteristics of both the scion and the rootstock. Typical monocot grafting attempts prior to the study from Reeves et al. tended to be with a pre-rooted rootstock and a more mature-grown scion being grafted together to form one. Although sometimes the graft took, it then tended to be liable to failure later, in large part because there was a lack of vascular cambium, which allowed the healing and therefore fusing, i.e. a union. Monocot grafting was therefore typically attempted using methods used for dicot grafting, to little success. Reeves et al., however, have proven that the lack of vascular cambium no longer makes it an impossibility to graft monocots. Reeves et al. have found by grafting with mature embryonic tissue of plumule and radical at the hypocotyl or mesocotyl, which reprograms itself via meristematic tissue, meristematic tissue being the undifferentiated cells that divide and renew to heal wounds, they can actually form the connective tissue of xylem and phloem, and therefore create the characteristics of a successful union. Monocot grafting is therefore possible. Leaving aside the relatively new phenomenon of monocot grafting, however, we will focus on traditional dicot grafting. A range of traditional methods used to graft dicots shows the variety of methods available to dicots, including cut graft, cleft graft, crown graft, splice graft, tongue graft, side veneer graft, and approach graft. Most plants need to be grafted within their own species. For example, specific cultivars of Acer palmatum can be grafted onto a normal Acer palmatum rootstock. However, it is sometimes possible to graft within a genus, i.e. Acer japonicum, that could be grafted onto an Acer palmatum rootstock. The RHS give the example some plants can be successfully grafted onto different species, provided they're within the same family. For example, Father Gilla can be grafted onto a parotia rootstock because they're both within the hamiladid AC family. With pines, the rule of needles applies. This means that a two-needle pine can be grafted onto another type of two-needle pine. Same with a three-needle pine, four-needle pine, five-needle pine, so on, so on. Common rootstocks exist for different plant types. When grafting, vigor is an important factor, 
If we talk about grafting an apple, for example, then a range of rootstocks exist which provide different rates of vigor, i.e. different growing sizes. The East Malling Research Station rationalized and cataloged the range of rootstocks from Europe to give guidance on their use. This denotes the use of the letter M prior to a rootstock number. The use of double M represents Malling Merton. Merton referred to Merton Park, which is a location in the Surrey in the United Kingdom, where the John Innes Institute is located and where a new breed of rootstock were created to be resistant to a common issue in apples, woolly aphid. To give guidance, an M27 is extremely dwarfing. It can be used for stepover apples. M9 dwarfing can be used for apple cordons. M26, also dwarfing but not quite so as M9, slightly larger but can also be used for cordons. MM106, which is semi-dwarfing, can be used for bushes or half-standards, smaller trained trees, such as maybe perhaps espaliers. M111, which is a vigorous rootstock, can be used for standards and half-standards. And the most vigorous, M25, can be used for full-size freestanding trees, as you would see in orchards. Pears would use a different type. They use quince rootstocks, either quince A or quince C. Gages and plums use things such as St. Julian or the Myroballin rootstock. There are different rootstocks for different plants. Grafting is initially a tricky and fiddly thing to get right. Using extremely sharp knives to make very small precise cuts is difficult at first. It takes practice, practice, and guess what? More practice. Watch video tutorials on sites like YouTube, or maybe grab a book on grafting techniques, especially if it has diagrams. These can be helpful. The graft itself takes practice, as does wrapping the graft afterwards. Too little tape can cause the graft to dislodge, though granted a well-grafted rootstock and scion should actually be able to hold itself together without tape. More importantly, if the graft is done and it is poorly wrapped, it can be vulnerable to infection from outside airborne spores. Too much tape though and you can smother the union and this can cause issues down the line, especially for mould. I remember during my RHS level 3 assessment, the assessor inspecting my side veneer graft of Renacer palmatum and asking, was I into bondage? Grafting is possible by the home gardener. It's possible to do it with the correct tools and with some practice. Practice is key and I would recommend perhaps attending a local workshop or a garden organisation, business, etc. that can actually help physically show you the techniques and how to perform them safely as well as aftercare. I would also say, don't be afraid to try it. Get out there, give it a go. It's an amazing thing to see done and it's an amazing thing to achieve yourself. There's nothing more satisfying than successfully grafting a plant and having it grown into your garden, being there for years for you to enjoy and view. Give it a go. Upload your resume to hortpeople.com. You never know who's searching for staff near you. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the Plants Grow Here podcast.